0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, I'm in a good mood today. I've been laughing and chuckling. Uh, Adam Ritz here, glad you're joining me. Jay Baker on the phone with me. Are you in a good mood too?
1: I am too. Uh, I figure might as well be happy. It beats uh, everything else, I think.
0: You know, you might as well be in a good mood because bad moods are boring. So we're going to try to present this uh, public affairs content. uh, with some levity and some fun, uh, and I want to start right off the bat with a with a uh, charity I found in a city called Darien, Connecticut. It's happening this weekend. Uh, depending on when you're listening to the show, April 30th is uh, the big event called. And you're going to laugh at me because you know you know me and you know what I like. So my my own bias is why I'm reporting on this. The event is called. Yacht Rock returns. How about that?
1: Jim? Yes, so. I did. I saw that about a month ago, and I thought, I wonder if Adam is going to bring this up.
0: So, you know, I just wanted to touch on it um, because it, it brings up some some fun uh, topics between us. We've been involved with so many charities through broadcasting over the years, and when there's a theme involved, that's when people come out of the woodwork to get involved and buy tickets and raise money. And uh, for those of you, our listeners that aren't familiar with Yacht Rock, uh, I can easily explain it to you. Um, It is the smooth, soft rock from the late 70s and early 80s. That's the kind of music you'd listen to on a yacht in 1981, maybe with Christopher Cross. You've got a captain's hat on. Uh, an ascot is optional with a cocktail in your hand so it's really a fun thing a lot of yacht rock cover bands all over the country there's a lot of yacht rock radio uh, you know shows on the air I, uh, not to talk about myself but I host one of them it's called yacht rock radio in uh, some of our uh, public affairs affiliates, actually, air the Yacht Rock Radio show I do as well, and I might as well throw out YachtRockRadio.com is our website if you're interested and want to check it out. Uh, anyway, Yacht Rock is it's really fun for the fans and the and the listeners because you get to wear a captain's hat and look like a a captain, like a sailor, and it, there's a nautical theme to it, and that's what this charity did for this year it was a big year too because i read that they they haven't done this charity in three years they their last one was in 2019 and everybody knows why things stopped in 2020 and it just never came back until this year so for the weekend of april 30th 2022 the darien foundation benefit called yacht rock returns is uh is going down baby is that it's setting sail Uh, As they say, Um, climb aboard, right? Climb aboard and set sail with the Darien Foundation. Now, real quick on the Darien Foundation in Darien, Connecticut. Um, It is a, uh, where where are we at here? Oh, here we go. It's a nonprofit organization that's awarded $5.5 million in grants for technology and capital initiatives in the town of Darien for youth, uh, town safety, security services and overall, overall enhances uh, for life in Darien. Recent grants have funded the launch of the K-12 robotics program at the Darien Public Schools, uh, a technology, uh, technology initiative, uh, as well as accessible equipment for the new Darien Library Cafe. So just want to take our captain's hat off, tip of the captain's hat to the people of Darien for getting together to raise money for a great cause with the theme of of Yacht Rock. There's a great Yacht Rock cover band playing the show uh, Three sheets to the wind. How about that for a name of a band? Three sheets. I like to that the wind. for the
1: name. Yeah, that's absolutely that's the fitting title for a good rock yacht uh, band.
0: And yeah. they, you know, they play the the yacht rock hits like Africa from Toto, Sailing from Christopher Cross, uh, a lot of Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald, Sweet Freedom, uh, Yamo Be There, stuff like that. So you know, Steely Dan, a lot of cool smooth music from the late seventies and early eighties. Now you think about. Um, Themes for charities, and I'm putting you on the spot here, Jay. Uh, over the years, some of the themes you've been involved with with charities, uh, I want to know if one just p- kind of pops out in your head. I'll start while you think about it. I, I was involved with a charity, um, with, uh, with an NFL franchise, and it was, um, it was a carnival theme, and it was so much fun because. You had the carnival games, you know, they actually had a few carnival rides like the Scrambler, uh, you know, a miniature ferris wheel, just a few. It was at a country club, so they just filled the parking lot with a few rides. But for the most part it was a lot of carnival games. You know, where you pay a dollar to win a goldfish with a ping pong ball and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, And all of the volunteers got involved and hosted uh, or designed a carnival game, a booth, and they would run it themselves and their family would get involved and their kids would run the booth. A lot of, you know, maybe I think there was bingo at night. It was a lot of fun. So the carnival theme jumps out in my head uh, as a great charity. I know casino nights are huge, depending on the legalities of gambling in your area. Maybe there's a. I know a lot of church functions don't have to worry about laws for, for some No, <laughs> of course not. So a lot of churches get away with casino nights when you're not really allowed to have uh, a craps game in your neighborhood. You can at the church, apparently. Um, any sort of themes jump out at you?
1: Well, I got to participate, uh, and they changed the theme each year. But famously, the one year, they did one called WAG's whiskers and whiskey and it was what for the humane society Uh, and they they got a local liquor distributor to uh, donate some very high-end whiskey and bourbon and they put those on the silent auction table and then the wags and whiskers of course the puppies and kitties of the humane society.
0: Okay, the whiskers are the cats. I get okay, wags Yeah, I am, they'd be the cats I, and the wags would be the dogs. I immediately got the dogs um with the <laughs> wags and but I thought the whiskers had something to do with a man's mustache or beard. Well, so I thought it was it, some sort of tie-in with uh <laughs> you know, shave your goatee, hold your dog while you shave your face and have a shot of whiskey. But the whiskers you're telling me is the cat. I get it now.
1: The cat, yeah. So it was kind of a cool event, and uh, you know they raised an extraordinary amount of money for their humane society, and it's been a fun event to be involved with over the last few
0: years. I, um, you saying whiskers and making me think of um, grooming, grooming on your skull, uh, made me think of this one. I, I, it was actually first person here. I was involved with a charity called. Mullets for charity. And I might have brought this up on a previous show. I can't remember. But we raised money on, uh, on one of my radio shows 25 years ago. And I had grown out my hair. So it was long in the back and on top. And this, I mean, it was just, I had a long hair, hairdo. Uh, for me anyway. It was long for me. It wasn't like I looked like a roadie for Bob Seeger or anything, but uh, it was it was long for me, long enough that if I got a spike haircut and cut the sides but kept the back, I would have had the world's greatest mullet, um, <laughs> maybe of all time. And that's what we did. So a friend of mine, uh, we got together and went to a barbershop and broadcast live and did mullets for charity. The barber, the barbershop, provided the haircuts for free, and then everybody that showed up uh, were encouraged to donate money to, um, I believe it was for pediatric cancer at the time, and we must have had uh, at least a uh, hundred young men in in the city walking around with mullets. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had a mullet. And I, I need to find some of these old pictures because it was just it was a better mullet than I had in the uh, in the mid eighties uh <laughs> so. oh i know
1: well and that's the most hilarious hairstyle in the world and you know and it pays homage to uh for many of us that grew up uh in the 70s we inadvertently uh, created the mullet it <laughs> out was... of some desire to have long hair and then as you said you'd oftentimes look like the roadie for uh, motley Crue. you know and it's like uh oh my goodness so yeah the the mullet is really uh it 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 is it is its own spectacle
0: well to date myself i I probably had i did have a mullet in 1985 when i was 15. now this charity that i did on this radio show was in the in the year 2000 when i was 30 i was 30 years old and this mullet was incredible uh here's the the end of the caveat or the punchline of the story is that um, it was actually part of a challenge, and I had to wear the mullet for a month. Like I couldn't just get the mullet and then then cut the back off the next day and just have a normal haircut. So I had to wear that (laughs) mullet for a month, and like a few days after the charity, we broadcasted live at a concert, and I had to interview Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And and Billy Joe walks in to the interview in the green room, and there I am in my unbelievably quaffed mullet. And he, the first thing he said to me, he he was like, he well he didn't say it, but I knew what he was thinking. He he was looking at my hair, and I go, dude, this was for charity. <laughs> 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 and i go i go this we're not that backwards here um i we we had a charity called mullets for charity and uh and i'm and by no stretch am i implying that someone with a mullet current today is backwards but uh he was looking at me like i was backwards so i felt like i had to say something and he was like oh that you know he liked the story and he thought it was cool but uh, yeah I think the moral of the story here between the yacht rock charity the whiskers wags and whiskey charity the carnival charity the mullets for charity is uh, have if you're if you're thinking about having a charity whether it's a, a small one with your church or a big one with your civic community municipality uh, get into it man have a theme really get a theme that is gonna make it grab attention and make people excited to get involved. Uh, because a lot of people are looking just for for some fun, to a fun night out or a fun event to get involved with, and that's when they open up their um, their purse strings the most. Really, that's when you can raise the most money. All right, you're listening to the Adam Rich Show. I'm getting notifications that tells me to move on. Uh, we're uh, we're we're short on time. This is only a half hour show. Um, we are underwritten by our friends at Vibonomics, and uh, and we like to talk about. If you haven't. Caught on by now, public affairs. And Jay Baker always brings some great topics to the table. What you got this week, Jay?
1: Well, you know, the Adam Ridge Show, we want to keep you in the know and keep you safe. So we have an asteroid alert. Now, it's really just an alert. So you could probably go about your daily life without worrying too much. But there is a space rock. And here's the name of the space rock. 2008. AG 33. So it actually has a name. Uh, It is 2500 feet long, which makes that rock uh, approximately twice the size of the Empire State Building. And it's going to make a close approach to uh, to the Earth. Now, it's going to only be 2 million miles away. And that's considered close, according to NASA.
0: Now, you know, in the Great Plains, that's a a long way. But in the universe, that's pretty close.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, it's funny you said that. You're right. If you were traveling from, let's say, Texas to Maine, you'd go, man, that's a long trip. But it's still thousands of miles. It's not millions of miles. But you are absolutely dead on. Anything within 4.6 million miles is considered potentially hazardous and uh NASA keeps track of these objects. They uh they call it the close approach database that they keep track of all these items in. By the way, uh space rock AG thirty three will be traveling twenty three thousand miles per hour when it
0: passes. Which in space terms is, is slow. <laughs>
1: it's, it's a little slow. I yeah. Mean, in fact, the kids are going, Dad, are we there yet? It's
0: taking its sweet time. That's fast <laughs> in Texas, but that's, that's fast not that, in Texas. That's not that fast, two, two million miles away.
1: When the state trooper clocks you at 23,000 miles per hour, someone's headed to the pokey, as we yeah. like to say. This uh, particular space rock passes by every seven years. So, right now, we can breathe a sigh of relief. In another seven years, we probably can as well. It's one of more than 2,000 of these near Earth objects that are being uh, uh, tracked by NASA, but they will let us know. Now, of course, Every time an asteroid comes close, we must uh, give full credit to the 1998 film classic Armageddon, the film that has everything. It has Ben Affleck falling in love with Liv Tyler. It has uh, Bruce Willis uh, actually having to go up to an asteroid, drill it in half to save the planet, and it has Steve Buscemi. What more could you ask for in a film?
0: And it has Aerosmith singing the theme song. Yeah. When the main
1: characters fall in love, Stephen Tyler lets it rip.
0: <laughs> and, and what a family tree there. Stephen yeah. Tyler's daughter is the one falling in love. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. that movie's that movie's got everything, and you mentioned Absolutely. I'm sort of a movie buff, sort of. I mean, I'm not I'm no expert, but uh, I think I know more than the average bear. Um, I was always astounded when that movie came out, Armageddon. There was um, another movie by another movie company called Deep Impact, which came yes. out almost within a five week period. I I don't know which one came first. But you had two major motion pictures released, both about the same thing, and I I just thought I cannot believe one of these movie companies didn't hear about the other one making the movie and say let's make something else. So America had two exact plots coming out at the same time. Uh, Deep Impact was uh, Taya Leone, uh, I believe Morgan Freeman played the president, and it's uh you know it's about the end of the world with uh with a asteroid hitting earth which is exactly what armageddon is
1: well if we're going to get smashed by an asteroid i want to hang out with tia leone that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) was that the moral of the story or did i miss
0: it i think that's that's the moral of the story
1: (laughs) on wednesday this is a cool event major league soccer's portland timbers that's a team that of course plays in portland played the Portland Thorns of the National Women's Soccer League, they combined together to benefit Ukraine and they raised some $500,000.
0: That is uh, unbelievable. Half a million f- from a soccer game in Portland for Ukraine. Now, did they mix up the genders so it was, uh, you know, boys and girls playing against boys and girls, or was this the boys versus the girls?
1: No, absolutely. You nailed it. What they did was they mixed the teams together and they started out initially playing, you know, the conventional soccer format with 30 minutes aside with a halftime. But towards the end, you'll love this because, of course, it was for charity. They ended up putting in all the players at the end, including the coaches and the goalies. They're all running around on the field, trying to score goals. And eventually, the yellow team beat the blue team four to three. Because of course, to honor Ukraine, you have to know the colors of their flag, which is uh, gold and blue. Yeah. So, I thought that was super cool. Five hundred thousand dollars, basically. Uh, the team, the gentleman that owns the portland timbers and the portland thorns he owns both teams he personally matched the first one hundred thousand dollars worth of donations and then they went off and auctioned off uh, team apparel you know game worn jerseys and things like that so they really did an exceptional job and and as you said portland is not a huge city but a wednesday night event A half million dollars. Pretty impressive.
0: Very impressive. And, you know, full circle here on on how we started the show, the theme was soccer. So you get some cool theme uh, and a reason to get together, and that's when you can raise the most money. Uh, And apparently that just happened in Portland. That's very cool. Hats off to all all of them. I was impressed.
1: Uh, April is Alcohol Awareness Month. And uh, it's kind of a time period to review your alcohol habits. Uh, Most people have created some new habits fueled by the last couple of years of pandemic isolation. In fact, according to one research research, uh, group, there was a 21% increase in alcohol consumption over the last two years.
0: Yeah. So I, I know boredom plays into it if you're stuck at home through the pandemic boredom might have been uh, what got you to drink more uh and then anxiety i I mean how many anxious uh episodes i mean i i'm not really an anxious person but i even i had some moments uh through the pandemic and after the pandemic where it's almost like you just can't take it anymore you're correct like am i this is crazy I can when we you're you're begging to get back to normal, and maybe uh, that's when uh, to to sort of handle the stress. If you think that's possible, you you reach for a cocktail. So boredom, stress. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why alcohol consumption uh, can go up, and uh, you're right. This is a great time to assess it. It's uh, Alcohol Awareness Month. I know it's big on college campuses uh, right before the spring semester is over. Uh, there's a lot of programs in place for uh, college-age people that are, uh, you know, really in the thick of the drinking environment. That's when a lot of uh, alcoholic uh, tendencies develop for a for a young adult. Is when they're in college or during that that age period, eighteen to twenty-two. So, Alcohol Awareness Month, uh, yeah, reassess. Great, great advice from the great Jay Baker
1: there you go Uh, you'll love this I looked this up I always found this to be pretty fascinating in Great Britain they do attempt to sort of quantify uh, how much alcohol you could probably ingest and then still maintain a healthy lifestyle because that's one thing that uh, this particular article pointed out is you know we have really normalized alcohol consumption and alcohol sparingly is actually somewhat beneficial to your health, but keyword sparingly. Mm-hmm. Now, the British uh, they recommend that you have 14 units per week, uh, and that would be over the course of three days. One thing they have identified is this is a wild one, and I guess it kind of makes sense. Drinking every day, even moderately, is not necessarily good for your brain.
0: Well, who would have thought?
1: <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? But you know the old thing, you know, you, you go, I am drinking moderately, uh, but I'm drinking every day is is counter counterintuitive to your health. And I found that to be a very interesting thing. So it's like you just said, if, you, if you're saying I'm not getting tanked, but I am having a couple of glasses of wine, that's moderate for me. But every day is probably not too good for you if you are trying to determine what 14 units per week looks like uh, that is about six pints of average strength beer or 10 smaller servings of lower alcohol wine and of course the key word there is normal strength beer and lower alcohol wine because there are some high alcohol content beers and high alcohol content wines so you probably shouldn't kid yourself what your 14 units really amounts to.
0: Yeah, that's the, and uh, you know there are people that would still argue that six full-size pints of beer uh, per week may be you know too much for especially for a, for a certain personality. Um, yes <laughs> or, or if you're if you've got the kind of personality where you're like, uh, you're looking for loopholes, and you're like, okay, I heard you can have six pints of beer a week, and you have six pints of beer in the, in a half hour period on Friday night. Uh, that's that's not good. You can't <laughs> you cannot just, that good. You can't justify it and say, hey, I, ju- I only had six this week. So what
1: you're saying is alcohol awareness month should be uh, a chance for you to check that you're drinking a healthy amount of alcohol as opposed to, hey, I just discovered the loophole. Yeah, it's not about (laughs) hearing a
0: study on the radio and figuring out the loophole on how you can get a quick six beer buzz. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so if you have your fourteen units uh, by the first quarter of the football game, not so very good.
0: And what? And you're calling it a unit? Is that because it's uh, this is a Great Britain study, and that's how they? Measure yeah, it's alcohol? a Great
1: Britain study, and they measure it in units. Uh, it's just sort of to create an equivalency, and that's why I said it was always fascinating that the Brits actually took a specific look at. Here's about what is still considered healthy because you know once again moderate use of alcohol uh is beneficial to a, num- a number of people it kind of keeps them steady Eddy, they've done some research that it's good for heart health and some things of that nature mm-hmm. but obviously overuse of anything that's beneficial uh is uh is not good you know it's the old thing we've said one piece of cake uh in in the right circumstances can be good eating the whole chocolate cake might not be as good
0: yeah, i had a conversation with a with a friend of mine recently uh, hadn't spoken to him in a while and uh, he told me that he quit drinking about seven years ago and he said something that sort of jumped out in my head and i'll repeat it right now since we're talking about alcohol awareness month uh, he had a DUI about 7 years ago and it wasn't a a, a huge ordeal there wasn't a crash nobody got hurt it was just a simple he was just a hair over the legal limit and it was a a, a nightmare scenario because he had i think it affected his job um it affected his family it certainly affected his financials cuz you've got to pay for legal counsel oh, now yes. and go to court and all of that affected his time it affect, you know you lose your license and all it's just such a, a nightmare and after he got that DUI he he quit he just quit drinking altogether he quit and he told me that uh over the course of his alcohol consuming years from age 21 ish until uh, age I don't know maybe he was about 40 at the time he said everything bad that has ever happened in his life alcohol was involved somehow
1: Interesting. and
0: so maybe that's a good question to ask yourself while you've been justifying your alcohol consumption your entire adult life uh, do bad things happen when you're consuming alcohol and I'm and you know a bad thing doesn't have to be catastrophic or or illegal. Uh, no one has to get hurt. You don't have to go to jail. Are there just uncomfortable conversation, uncomfortable conversations, uh, and apologies that you have to make after a night of drinking? And uh, you know, if if just every negative little bad thing that's happened to you, if a drink was involved, maybe that's the time to reassess during this month and maybe uh, change your drinking habits. And, or, maybe, yeah. or maybe just quit. I've talked to a lot of people that have quit drinking that didn't even have a reason to quit. Like nothing bad happened. Uh, maybe, this, maybe the worst thing that happened to them is, is a severe hangover or just feeling bad the next day. And they just said, all right, I've had enough, and they quit, and it's been years, and they're like, I feel great. I, ha- I don't have any reason to to not wake up in the morning or, or take a nap on the couch during the middle of a Sunday because I got too drunk the night before. I just quit, didn't need to quit, just did quit, and now everything's great. So it's just uh, not to harp on the point. It's just a, a reassess is really the word. Reassess yeah. your drinking habits during this month. That's a great idea.
1: I would absolutely agree with that. Here's the man who has a few dollars in the bank, Warren Buffett. When we last checked, Warren was worth 120 billion dollars. That's billion with a B.
0: Now he sings uh, "Margaritaville," right? <laughs>
1: yes, he does. Same guy. Either that or one of his relatives sings that song. I'm not sure which.
0: I wonder how far you'd have to go back in the uh, in the you know the 23andMe or those DNA websites to find out. How related Jimmy and Warren Buffett really are. They've got to be cousins on some level.
1: I have heard that there is some tenuous connection, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. But yes, you're right.
0: They're both wildly successful and they have the same last name. How could they not be related?
1: (laughs) They're incredibly successful. That is for sure. Well, Warren Buffett has been raising money for charity for years and he is auctioning off a lunch with himself. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to bid on eating a solo w- lunch with Warren Buffett. Uh, it doesn't say whether Warren will pay for the lunch or not, but uh, I'm assuming that he's okay. He's got enough. It won't yeah. scrap him.
0: Now, doesn't he chew with his okay. mouth open? Wouldn't that? Shouldn't he chew with his mouth closed for this charity? Uh, I am not. I don't want to have lunch with him. Uh, I'm not paying to have lunch with him. If A, he's not buying, and B, he's, he's chewing with his mouth open.
1: You know yeah, this was absolutely. this was
0: the fastest half hour ever, Jay. We're already at the end of the show. Thank you for oh my everything you brought to the table today. Uh, tip of my captain's hat to you and our listeners and if you'd like to hear this episode again they're in podcast form. All the recent shows on our website. It's adamritzshow.com and I do chew with my mouth closed. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com for information on this broadcast including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.